Welcome back to the IDW Sonic Rundown. Man, we got some content for you, that much for sure. So this episode, we've got two arcs to look forward to. One written by Evan Stanley and another by Ian Flynn. He came back around, I guess, in the middle of uh, still writing Sonic Frontiers. He can't run away from us that quickly. Both are pretty interesting for what they present, I guess. At least for what they set up. Yeah, I'll say it. I'm not a huge fan of these. Um, one has some interesting stuff in it, and the other... It is what it is. It's certainly an arc. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll all get into that in turn, so let's just, let's just start off with Sonic issue 37, written by Evan Stanley, and art by Adam Bryce Thomas. Alright, so we open as Sonic, Tails, and Bell are parading through the ruins. As they're walking through, Sonic is trying to convince Bell, like, yeah, the restoration's totally gonna take you on, you know, they're just a nice, chill group of volunteers that just want to help rebuild after all the crazy stuff going on. Tails adds, you know, in addition to rebuilding after the metal virus, they're also looking for missing people, you know, like your creator. But Bell doesn't know if this is the right place, considering this place looks really ruined. But Sonic insists, no. This is the right place. And they end up arriving to Silver's garden and is led into the garden shed. Once inside, Tails pulls a tool on the wall and suddenly the floor becomes an elevator. He says this is the back door to Restoration HQ. The ruins stayed untouched after the war to take back the planet because the people wanted it to be a memorial to those they lost, which for the record, that's what they refer to the events of Sonic Forces as. Just if you need a little context. So as they descend, we get a full view of the new Restoration HQ. More built as a mall of sorts. It's uh, pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, I kind of do like the vibe. They're basically built inside an underground subway station and just build around it. It's actually a pretty nice vibe. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot more personality than the other... Restoration HQ. Feels like there's like a big community here that kind of like is building upon itself. So it's a good vibe. I, I definitely do like this decision. And Belle seems to as well. She's amazed and Sonic wonders, you know, what could we find out here? And just like Clotwork, what they find is Amy. How does she keep finding Sonic? Sonic detector? I don't know. Amy's here to just wrap things up before fully passing things off to Jewel, which leads Tails to introduce Belle to her. You know, she needs a place to stay. Jewel here says, any friend of Sonic is certainly welcome here, and we could always use more volunteers, so what can you do? Belle says that she crafts with woodworking, which they don't really seem to do that much of, but Jewel says we can maybe find you something in the machine shop. Leading Jewel to shout behind her, uh, asks Lanolin, can you take Belle to the machine shop? 
Yes, director. Just Jewel is fine. Yes, director Jewel. Follow me, recruit. Yeah, we'll be seeing her a bit more as we go through these comics. So Jewel and Amy decide to lead the two of a grand tour of the new restoration town. They worked hard to clean everything up, but you know, you can do anything one step at a time, right? They are led to a large command center with Jewel's desk, front and center of a large monitor. Amy says, if I have to look at another equipment request form, I'm going to scream so... Then eventually Jewel is called to look at that. Meanwhile, Lanolin is leading Belle to the shop. And Belle kind of overhears some girls in the back talking shit about her. Like, oh, what kind of robot is that? What's the deal with her nose? Fuck these fucking mean girls, man. Never give them an inch. Hmm. Once they're inside, once they're inside the machine shop, Lanolin leaves Belle with the guy in charge. He is an orangutan. I think Ian said his name is supposed to be Groovy. I'm not entirely sure where that name came from, but he does kind of have that vibe, like the 60s psychedelic kind of thing going on for him. Yeah, I I do like his design. It's pretty raw. Upon looking at Belle, he just says, all right, uh, grab me a wrench and help me out with this Don Posidon. Afterwards, we have a montage of Belle, quote unquote, helping. Like we see her running over Groovy's legs with a push cart. Belle's tail catching fire from a stray spark. And uh, Belle mixing up the salt and sugar with the coffee. Not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. Which is unfortunate. She's getting self-conscious. She knows she was built to do this kind of work. You know, don't worry about what people think about you. But someone driving a forklift accidentally runs over Belle's tail. Which causes her to drop the box she's carrying and reflexively kicks it across the shop. Hits a boat that's being worked on. And the arm is about to break down to drop it. There's a little bit of panic. Belle's trying to fix the situation. But it's all good. Tangle comes in right on time to hold the machine and the boat together. But she says it's pretty heavy with her tail all latched together like that. Can't she get some help? Belle is a little relieved, but our boy Groovy is just like, Nope, I, I, I can't take this shit anymore. Belle, liability to you and others. And honestly, you're messing up the vibe. You're really messing up the vibe here. So make tracks. See, 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 that's the most important part. He pointed out that it, that it was fucking with the vibes. He understands, bro. The vibes, the only real thing that you need. It's immaculate. Facts. So Tangle decides to come in, says, hey, hey, no, you know, just come with me. I'll take it over. To which Groovy is just like, fine, whatever. You guys get out. And Tangle, you know you're not allowed in here after the ball bearing incident. You have no appreciation for physical comedy. What did she do? What was she cooking? <laughs> So they walk away, and Tangle's like, ha, huh, man, you'd cause one little industrial accident, you never hear the end of it. More like the rule duration, am I right, huh? Huh, huh? Belle is just, like, holding her head with her hands. Today was a disaster, but Tangle's like, no, 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 the first days are always the hardest. But that kick was pretty sick, though, how'd you do that? And she kind of describes that, you know, if her tail gets pulled, she kind of does this kick thing reflexively which a blueprint is also seen which kind of shows bell doing like this chun lee lightning leg style kind of kick yeah i guess that that's tangle's interpretation of it you know yeah i guess so instantly tangle kind of feels a kinship with bell another weird tail buddy and she's like very very like happy to have a bond like that i guess yeah, Belle is not happy about it. Please don't pull that. She says this Tangle grasps her tail. <laughs> so she's just like, I'm Tangle. Let's be friends. Okay, next on the docket. What's going on around here that we can use an excuse for an adventure? So as they walk, they overhear some people talking about a rumor about some freak storms along the coast. It can't be natural. As for whether or not if it's Eggman, who knows? And with that being heard, Belle is worried, but Tangle is kind of like, kind of hype. She's a little hype. And takes Belle under her arm. We're heading to the command center. And upon seeing, on their way, Jewel, Tails, Sonic, and Amy, already on it. Jewel pulls up the last picture that the scouting drone took before the storm took it out. There is a tower 
built on the ocean, an energy storm on the tip of the top, which Tails thinks could be the source of the storm. But we can't really handle something like that, and we can't leave those nearby villages in danger either. So Sonic decides to answer the call. Looks like Eggman's doing something weird. Me and Tails can handle it. Plus Amy, looks like she wants to tag along too. I'm glad to see that uh, Sonic's including her more often. Yes, obviously it's great that Amy gets to, to hang out with the boys, so. And you know, if you want to keep in the team trio, she is effectively taking uh, Knuckles' place as he's uh, sleeping on the Master Emerald or something. Yeah, he's currently taking a big nap. That boy's fucking tired. Tangle invites herself as well, but Jules says, no, you have inventory duty this week. You have to go to the donations and you catalog them. But Belle in the background thinks that he might be at that tower. Tangle's a little upset, though. You know, everyone in the restoration's got to do their part. Yeah, sure. But Belle thinks, says, look, if she says that she has to go, it might look suspicious. Can't really risk that. But Sonic promises, hey, Tangle, listen, the next time Eggman summons a god of destruction or dig up an ancient finding robot, I'll give you a call. I promise. Well, I, I guess, uh, considering IDW is canon, I guess he didn't really live up to that promise. Yeah, I, I guess? I don't know. Well, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. A few miles off the shore of Seaside City, Sonic and crew pull up to the coastal tower as the crew makes their dramatic entrance. Sonic boosting through as Tails and Amy also pound into the door, respectively, breaking through and then falling into some kind of portal instantly. That's a little weird, and that is where we end that scene off, but back in Restoration HQ, Belle and Tangle sneak into the workshop, with Belle thinks that maybe she can take that Extreme Gear bike and follow Sonic to the tower. She's pretty confident she can get it working, and Tangle confides that, you know, she joined the Restoration to support her friend Jewel, but... We've been so busy, we can hardly see each other. Jewel's working hard, and she does need the help. That's kind of where Tangle's starting to get some second thoughts. Maybe this might be a bad idea in the end. But Belle just finished hot-wiring the bike, and it just suddenly takes off with the two of them, to Groovy's shock and awe. They're driving. Tangle tells Belle, fair warning, I've never driven one of these before. <laughs> Belle thinking it's too late to worry about that now. Kind of the same vibe as uh, that OG Sailor Moon Usagi with the hard drive. Uh, uh, I'll warn you now, I don't know how to use a computer. Yeah, it's got, it's got the same sort of deal, you know. Now, we see Sonic, Tails, and Amy. They're just falling through the portal to its other end. And once they get through, it just fizzles out. Tails thinks it could have overloaded after we went through. Hopefully it doesn't really trigger an alarm or anything. But Sonic says, let's worry about that later. Let's go find some answers. And they start walking down the hall. And down the way... They turn a corner, and Sonic finds an egg pond as it's drawing a line with chalk as it's walking, and Sonic just reflexively smashes it. Where there's bots, there's something worth finding, right? As they're kind of like looking at the situation, Tails sees the chalk, and why did it have this thing? So Amy thinks, oh, you know, with us together, nothing is impossible, we're gonna figure it out. And... Ten minutes later, they're still in the same place. It's impossible. This place never ends, Sonic said. Tails does some quick thinking, draws a quick little arrow on the wall, and says to follow him, places another set of chalk on the wall, turns the corner, and finds that the mark he made is gone, concluding that the place is changing around them as they move through it. Okay, little twist there. So Amy thinks, well, what can we do about it? Tails doesn't know, but Sonic's got a plan of his own. Grabs Tails and Amy, blasts off full speed. If it's gonna change, let's see if it can keep up with me. They move, it can't. Whatever's going on here actually can't keep up with Sonic. 
reality is like glitching out as it's trying to like destruct and reconstruct. It is extremely trippy. The imagery is very kaleidoscope-esque. It's it's honestly very cool. The one panel up here, the panels are kind of like shifting in rotation, basically, as reality is effectively breaking down. Very cool visual. Big fan of that. Sonic says, where to now? I'm not sure even which way is up. And Amy's response is to go faster, saying, nope, but something's telling me that if we can outpace this maze, then we can break it too. As Amy throws her hammer, Sonic bolts into it and cracks through reality itself, leaving the three of them rainbow-colored after images appearing uh, before them as they sink into nothingness. And that's the end of our issue. <laughs> um, so not not a ton happened in this one, but I will say I really do love the coloring and the ideas towards the end. This is some very cool stuff. I don't think Sonic has ever really been like given this sort of like trippy style of treatment. Not like this at the very least. Yeah, I do kind of like it when comics go like a little bit more esoteric with how they present situations like reality falling apart. Stuff like, you know... Maybe coloring fades away, or the panels warp in interesting ways, just like as a visual representation of reality falling apart. Always a big fan of that kind of thing. Yeah, but mostly just a setup issue and putting our stakes kind of out there. So let's just get right into it. Sonic the Hedgehog, issue number 38. Evan Stanley writing, and both herself and Curry are doing the art. So as Sonic, Tails, and Amy fall through reality... <laughs> Sonic saying, I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't this. Tails, however, is extremely intrigued by what he's seeing as almost like pillars come rushing out of nothing and try to uh, smash them. Yeah, they barely just got out of the way as Tails is... He's cooking up a little hypothesis is what's going on. It seems like Eggman has constructed a space for himself to circumvent normal spatial laws, allowing him to construct expansive structures without concern of physical limitations. Which Sonic basically is just like, uh, too many big words, too much thinky. So Tails is just <laughs> like, okay, look, we're in some weird bubble where Eggman's messing with physics. I think, I, I don't know. Amy thinks this could be a trap. You know, considering how well Eggman knows us, if it were a trap, Eggman would have accounted for us. However, Tails can see in the dark distance there's a gate there. Anywhere's better than here. So they fly up and pass through and enter another place, this time with solid ground. Amy says to be careful, but as they look around, this place seems like a suburban block with townhouses, but emptiness does creep her out, which... Amy, to be fair, the suburbs also do creep me out, so I don't blame you. Yeah, the suburbs, not 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 the place you want to be, TBH. Last thing you know, you get a Karen screaming at you for walking on the grass. Oh, yeah, for real, for real, for real. Anyways, Tangle and Belle are taking the jet ski and make their way to Eggman's tower. The storm is pretty intense over here as they crash the ship uh, into the side of the tower, but are able to make it up onto the platform. It's busted though, and there's no way to get out aside from, well, the tornado. So they're gonna need tails for that. As the two walk in, they see the remains of several egg ponds with Belle saying, definitely looks like Sonic came this way. Tangle walking ahead as Belle takes a long look at the Eggman Empire logo. She's, she's kind of lost in thought until Tangle kind of just like says, hey, hey, come on, let's get it, let's go. So tells Belle, follow her lead, expert stealther here. Then they peer into the center of the building. 
Badniks are currently building it up. Anything that they can build, we can bust. So let's start climbing. So Tangle grabs Belle, pulls each other up with her tail to a higher railing, and overhead, they hear the voice of Orbot and Cubot overseeing construction. The pawn squad did not fix that hole, send another one. But they say, uh, so much for a quiet job. How did Sonic and friends find out about this place? At least they're still stuck in chamber I. Actually, now they're in chamber Z. How can they do that? I'm as surprised as you are. So, okay, Cubot, we gotta do what we gotta do. They get it over with. They pull out a tablet. And now they have to call Eggman. And they're, none of them are happy about that. When Eggman picks up the phone, his uh, brainstorming time has been interrupted. And Orbot has to tell them, fortunately, boss, Sonic broke into the test chambers. And the two are kind of bracing for the lashing. But Eggman's actually like, hmm... Oh. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. Well, he's he's cooking just a little, basically saying that it's unexpected, but perhaps not entirely unwelcome. As they say, when life gives you lemons, I'll take it from here. Bell says that was Dr. Eggman, and Tangle responds with, "Yep." And if he's planning something, we really need to find the others. Bell's a little off-put by this. I didn't expect him to sound so before slipping and falling from the wires onto the rafter as a group of egg pods appear in front of her, marching. Belle's afraid for her life, but they walk past her like nothing happened. Tangle uses her tail and lifts Belle up, asking, what was that all about? Belle's saying, I have no idea the truth. You wanted to come here more than I did. Why? I wasn't sure before, but... This proves it. Whatever I was built with inside, it's the same as them. I am a badnik, but I, I don't want to hurt anyone. I just need answers, and the only person who would know is Dr. Eggman. So there is the full proper reveal that, yes, Belle is technically a badnik, but is not entirely a badnik. She doesn't have the same kind of programming that all the other badniks do. However, I think I mentioned this before in the previous episode, how I do kind of have a mini theory that's may or may not be confirmed. But a part of me, maybe this will get like fully confirmed later down the line, but a part of me kind of feels like what she may be. She's not a badnik in the same sense that like a regular egg pawn is. She's more comparable to like Metal Sonic. And that much is confirmed. We'll, we'll get some more information soon, but yeah, it's definitely, this is a weird angle to take with this character. Not a bad one, mind you. I, I kind of like this concept, but it's definitely a much weirder angle than we've seen from Eggman's creations. And, uh, you know, maybe ties into that overarching narrative theme of this comic just a little. Just a teeny tiny bit. One thing I do kind of hope I can see from Belle in the future, I kind of would like to see her basically become like the Sonic equivalent of like a robot master from Mega Man. At some point, maybe she can like command Badniks herself. That'd be pretty cool. I would definitely love to see that in the future. Belle has now told Tangle the truth and just says, listen, I've made my peace. If you want to leave or smash me, just, just do it, okay? But Tangle's just like, look, Sonic and Tails vouch for you. You're good in my book. I don't care where you came from. You're trying to do good today. So let's find you your answers. Tangle, once again, a homie. Yeah, true homie. Now we cut to uh, Sonic, Tails, and Amy in the deserted suburb. Something is definitely up here, says Tails. Yeah, the design of these houses is so tacky. 
Oh, and the whole completely abandoned thing too. That's not great. <laughs> um, yeah. Sonic offers, let's let's look around for real. But Tails says, hey man, this place may be using the same spatial warping as the maze, which Sonic figures out the practical way. They're like, okay, maybe I can overload it again. Amy calls out to them, hey guys, this door's open. So they walk into a house that's been barely furnished and they look around. Amy peers into another door and finds someone. Uh, hello, I'm sorry to barge in, but can you tell us where we are? Finds a robot staged reading a newspaper. Sonic and Tails find another robot staged to be cooking. Looks like they're test dummies, which Sonic upgrades the scenario from weird to super creepy. They hear a thump sound in the distance. Move to investigate. It was coming from the bathroom. They open the door and they find a large caterpillar badnik with spincers coming out of its mouth. Which, very freaky, Amy instantly smashes it down and run back down the stairs to the living room. More badniks, but a lot more weirder looking ones. Like, there, there's a bunch here. Like, what? A caterpillar with cannons, a crab meat on a motobug wheel, a spina crab. That's, there's a lot going on here that is a little unsettling, one might say. Yes, and all of these are combinations, as Tails points out. Sonic quickly destroys all of them. As Tails and Amy block the door with a nearby dresser, uh, an army of badniks coming through. Tails can tell the badnik horde's on the way. It's too much for us to fight head on, so we're kind of stuck in here with no room to run, which Sonic's like, okay. Awesome, but at least we can have time to make a plan. So Tails puts out his tablet. Let's see if I can get the command signal. Maybe that can lead us a way out. You know, let me calibrate this. As he's doing that, Sonic says all the mysteries putting his quills on edge. But they hear Eggman's trademark laugh coming from the kitchen. All right, that's more like it. He runs to there. All right, Eggman, where are you? Sonic hears Eggman's voice coming from a toaster. No, this place is no trap, rather a test. And then suddenly, Eggman's voice is coming out of a bunch of different appliances. This place is where I test my most cutting-edge concepts. A crucible, one would say, to test the next generation of mechanical monstrosities to let loose on an unsuspecting planet. So thank you for breaking it in. Now I get to test my toys on some real dummies. Oh, ho, ho! And that's the end of 38. Yeah, that's the end of the issue. Another relatively short setup issue. The bell reveal, pretty interesting. Other than that, eh, I mean, badnik that... combos, like those are very interesting, like on face value. Yeah, I think that's the right word. Very interesting on face value. Um, But yeah, pretty slow paced, but let's continue with issue number 39. Stanley writing and both Stanley and Curry did art. So we open on Orbot and Cubot uh, saying, uh, come on, let's keep the test chamber supply. New monstrosity coming up as Tangle and Bell are taking a quick peek at what is being happening. A swift pull of a lever happens as a literal slot machine uh, combines various badniks together. Which, by the way, I think that's supposed to be reminiscent of Sonic X in the show. Eggman would always have like a slot machine pull on it and that would be whatever like super badnik he would release for that episode. I think that's what this is supposed to play off of. Wow, I can't believe it, bro. Monster of the week. I don't know, <laughs> man. Uh, you can eventually hear our Sonic X commentaries on patreon.com slash Speed discount code alpha. $2 a month, hey. You always gotta shell it. <laughs> um, so out comes a combination of... What even is this? This is like a three-way badnik combination, no? Yeah, so... So I noted is it has a body of a caterpillar, the bubbles spiked back, and the spincers throwing claws. 
So three-way combo. It's actually a really cool design. I like it. The boys, upon seeing its birth, go wreck havoc. Bell thinks they're being sent off to fight Sonic as Tangle just like, hold up, stand back. I got this. They generate another combo, a motobug head on a chomper body. And eh, not the greatest, but Tangle distracts them by flicking a stack of things over with her tail. And the sight of that really upsets Orbot. He says he spent four hours stacking everything alphabetically. Cubot's like, why Why did you do that? But he, he basically says like, oh, it helps calm my anxiety as they're both grabbed by Tangle's tail, which Eggman, did you seriously program your fucking robot to have OCD? What the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, bro, this is Eggman we're talking about. Yeah, okay. So anyway, Orbot and Cubot are trapped. Eggman's not going to be too happy about that. Inside the test chamber, Sonic's just like, Eggman, your plan's not going to work. Uh, the fuck you, and blah, blah, blah. But Eggman says, no, my plan's going splendidly. Every move you make, every trip or trap you weave around, it's data I can use to make my tech even better in the future. And I can't wait to show you what I've been cooking. He's in the kitchen, folks. He's cooking. He's cooking. Literally, as one of the test dummies falls apart, slams onto the table, uh, being burned as the uh, entire house starts to be burned down thanks to the burner, resulting in Sonic and friends having to make a quick exit from the house as it smokes up. Badniks are starting to swarm as well, so... Sonic just thinks, all right, breaks through the wall, let everyone out the back. Just as Tails finished calibrating the tablet, I have a direction for the signals. So Sonic grabs the two of them, all aboard Hedgehog Express, let's get out of here. Just as the ground shakes and everything just starts suddenly being lifted up. They think Eggman can control gravity in this space as they just start getting flung upwards. Tails has to fly with Sonic grabbing Amy, muttering how he never really seemed to like gravity that much anyway. It's whatever, bro. It's uh, it's whatever. I'm just built different. <laughs> he homing attacks some badniks to latch onto a chimney. Falling into the void has been postponed, so now what do you do? Tails gets his tablet out, no unusual readings, and it doesn't seem like things go back to normal anytime soon. But Sonic has an idea. Why not we just take the fall? Eggman said he wanted to show us something. Can't do that if we're dead, right? To which Amy's like, oh... A leap of faith. How romantic. So Sonic just, at that moment, he just like lets go of the chimney and the three of them are just like falling to their death, basically. She's like, no, 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 I didn't mean it like that. I swear to God. Tails has to fly down with them and Amy is like clutching onto Sonic for dear life and they're falling. They're falling still. Tails thinks they should have gathered more evidence before doing something like this. But in the darkness, way down below, they see like this glowing tesseract shape and just head dive first right into it. They land as Sonic says, all right, Eggman, we're here. Come on out and let's get this done with. As a cube is constructed around them with various portal nexuses before out of one of the portals comes the Egg Viper. Let's dance, Rodent. Not only is it the Egg Viper, it seems to be a, a new and improved version of the Egg Viper. Got a yellow cone of paint and can also fire electric shots. Egg Viper is cool design. I do like it. I have no issues with this. <laughs> so the electric viper circles the three sonic assures the two that relax i've dealt with something like this before a new coat of bell of peyton bell and whistles is not gonna be enough to stop us so he throws one of the discs towards amy and she hits it back with her hammer basically return to sender so sonic tells tails go help amy with the follow-up attacks then sonic decides to give it the one two the old classic special quickly homing attacking through to get a clear shot at the cockpit like last time but once he gets into the cockpit it discharges electricity and shocks Sonic down. Tails quickly has to grab him up. He's okay. Just give me a clear shot at the cockpit. And Tails revs up, launches him through. 
clean shot through. The electric viper is downed. Sonic tells Eggman, okay, call it quits. But he looks into the cockpit. Eggman was just a hologram. He was just a fake Eggman controlling it. So Eggman says, all right, you got this one point. Let's see how you do in round two. The team pushed out of the gate and they're walked into another one. An appetizer to get ready for the main course, Eggman says. As three more egg vipers appear, one using fire, one using wind, and one using water. I love avatars. Eggman decides to call this a three and three. This is a fair fight now. Don't worry, I won't crush you too quickly. Haven't had this much fun in ages. As we see a... This is a great shot. I love this. We see Eggman in his gamer cave, a VR headset to strap on his face. Is that like a is that supposed to be like a vibe i think that's what it was based off of. yeah yeah it probably is like an hdc vibe or some shit it's it's pretty great <laughs> so eggman throws a punch which sends the fire viper towards the group who's ready to heat things up amy shouts his puns are not even good but her clothes catch fire and screams for help leading the water viper to drench her and sonic in a torrent but uh tails can fly them out of the currents he grabs amy but doesn't know where sonic went but they see him caught on amy's hammer by the leg at least she's not on fire anymore so that's cool but then the air viper blows its fans on tails which throws him off trail well eggman shouts how he believes he should get bonus points for his genius alone so let's go for the tiebreaker shall we ah meanwhile back with tangle and bell (laughs) orbot says do what you will we'll never tell you where your friends are Tangle has an idea, though. So Tangle is just like, man, I don't know. This uh, this whole thing might be a little too hard. Uh, maybe I'll just give this up, you know? Whatever. Cuba is then is like, oh, well, you know, in that case, but Orbot stops him. Hey, come on. She's using reverse psychology on it. Dang it, I was sure that would work. Which Orbot warns, hey, any second, a group of egg ponds going to arrive. But Belle's like, no, it, it, that's whatever. I already redirected them. And hey, Tangle, come over here. I have something. She pulls out this tablet. Uh, Cubot wonders, is she one of ours? But Orbot's like, I don't, I don't know, man. Belle and Tangle see a live feed of Sonic, Tails, and Amy fighting the Vipers. But Belle can't tell where exactly they are. These gate-looking things are scattered around here. But... It's gonna take a while to find out which one can go where. Bell will try narrowing it down, but Tangle's got an idea. I'm gonna try this one. She's walking towards the closest one to her, turns her shoulder to look at Orbot and Cubot. No response. So she quickly turns to the next one next to Bell. It's like I'm trying this one. As Orbot and Cubot scream, no, not that one. So this would be a bad gate for me to go through. Yes. I mean, no. I mean, fuck. Yeah. They, uh, they fucked it up as uh, Tangle proudly gloats, and that's how you get it done. Tangle ties her tail to a pipe. All right, I'm going to dive right in, but Bell worries, well, this, you know, if this is accurate, you know, what if your molecules get scrambled or half of you get stuck in the ocean or whatever? But she's like, no, 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 give me some more time. But Tangle says, listen, the guys need our help. No time for second guesses. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Trusting your gut instincts is accepting the consequences, and all of that is being part of being the hero. Just trust me, okay? So, here goes nothing. Tangle shouts as she's about to dive into the gate. Absolutely. As we end issue 39. A pretty solid issue, some interesting stuff here. But, again, it's kind of, eh, it's alright. The story is moving 
swimmingly, I would say. Yes, absolutely. Sonic the Hedgehog, issue 40. Stanley writing, and both Stanley and Thomas worked on the art. Our team Sonic is on the defensive against the elemental vipers. As Sonic, our boy Sonic takes a hit from the water jets and is pushed down. Eggman's just like, yeah, this is some good old-fashioned fun, but look, I'm a busy man, let's get this all wrapped up with, shall we? And encircles Tails and Amy in a wall of fire from the fire viper and is closing in. So Sonic has to come up with a risky play. He gets in the circle with Tails and Amy, heads down, guys, as the Water Viper shoots another stream, which causes the Fire Viper to fizzle out. And when the Wind Viper comes in, he asks Amy, give me a boost up. But Tails can, nope, no time, you get me up. Sonic jumps up, and Amy whacks him up toward the face of the Wind Viper. No blow dry, what kind of salon you run in here? What's the matter with you? Eggman uses the Wind Jets to try to blow Sonic away, which he uses the Force to slam down on the Water Viper. Tails makes sure Sonic is alright. Although, Tails, man, when did you grow four tails, bro? What happened? Hey. Wind Viper blows some more air down, forcing the three to stay grounded. Eggman is all out of time for fun and games. Just as a Tangle drops down from a gate right above them, who's ready to good? Falls right on top of the Viper and rolls next to the team. Hey, this is in the area. Just thought I'd drop on in. Uh, hope you saved me something to smash. Uh, no. Cringe. <laughs> well, on the other side of the gate, Orbot calls to Belle, says, Hey, can, can I ask you something? And she's like, look, I'll get right to it. I'm not an Eggman robot. At least not like, I don't know, it's complicated. Do you know him? Says, yes, of course, we're his right-hand bots. What do you do for him? Oh, uh, nothing special. Cook, clean, make coffee. He's very particular about that. Nice and strong. No milk and lots and lots of sugar. Bell finishes. Eggman quickly yells into the communicator. What are you two Nick and Poops doing? Why didn't you tell me that blasted lemur had gotten in? These little pests are making mess of... Wait, what was that voice? Engaging autopilot. So Eggman flicks up the VR headset to find Bell. Well, well, what do we have here? Unconventional material, but I'd recognize that joint design anywhere. There's only one person on this planet who builds machines like that. Me. Yes, you're the little helper I put together while I was delusional, thinking I was some sort of small town inventor. Even in that impaired state, I was still innovating. Remind me, what did Mr. Tinkerer call you? Bell. Bell the Tinkerer. Ah, how sweet. That's got to sting. That absolutely has to sing. Eggman just says, okay, don't go anywhere. I got questions for you. I got a hedgehog to crush. But Bell says, no, 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 no. Look, I know you wouldn't do something like this without reason. Just please tell me that this isn't what it looks like. I mean, he wouldn't. So Eggman just says, well, you did care for my alter ego. So let me at least give you my reason. Let me tell you about the tower you found yourself in. For a man of my intellectual caliber, the confines of reality can be, at times, Stifling. Merely tinkering within the limits of our banal world no longer satisfies. That's where this place comes in. Behold, for I have bent the laws of physics to my will. This maze grows and folds back in on itself ad infinitum, a labyrinth without peer. The robots I've sent in will burn out long before they escape. One day, it'll have the resilience to hold Sonic. And he is not so durable. Next, a model of sorts. A perfect simulation of an imperfect world. Not yet under my control. With this, I test how quickly my badness can take over a town and recruit a fresh crop of test subjects. 
And, ooh, I especially like this. A nude way for my badniks to evolve to best suit themselves in the environment they find themselves in. Every generation will reveal a new and terrifying adaption. There's more to the finer points of my brilliance. No doubt would be lost on you. So tell me, what makes your precious toy maker worthy of such admiration in the face of my unrestrained genius? The tablet falls, cracks, as Val is sobbing on the floor. Now, sure as the boss, this Cubot, before the portal starts to crack electricity. Why is it doing that? Ah, that would be the gate overloading. Uh, it's not safe to leave something in the energy field for long. It could cause a feedback loop. Oh, geez. Why didn't you say something? You didn't ask. Classic. What happens if there's a feedback loop? Uh, what'd you expect? Rapid expansion of the energy field until it collapses under its own weight and implodes. But don't worry, destruction by implosion is quick and entirely painless. <laughs> hey. uh, so once we're inside, inside cyberspace, Tangle takes out the Wind Viper. Uh, Amy using the tail of the Fire Viper to rip apart the Wind Viper. Its disc has now been launched into the Water Viper, which Sonic tied up with its own hoses. The heroes take a rest, and Sonic just looks at Amy with the tails like, ah, new look for ya. Yeah, it's good to branch out, she says, but Tails asks, hey, where is Eggman? We have not seen him. Right then, Eggman's voice comes back, autopilot disengage. What have you animals done to my beautiful machines? So he's like, all right, I had enough. And he calls in his final attack. All three Vipers now set to self-destruct. And just before they crash, Tangle just grabs everyone and reels herself back up, back into reality through the gate she came in from. As they're now back in the real world, Belle tells everyone, it's already too late. We got to get out of here before the gates overload. What? Huh? Tails asks. The gate, it's, look at it. And then the gate is now pulling stuff in like a black hole. Now we got to move. And so Sonic asks Orbon and Cubot, who are holding on to Tangle's tail for dear life, what's the quickest ray out? Straight ahead, right to the loading bay. Takes everyone by his arms, and now boosting at top speeds, bursting outside to where the tornado was parked. And so quickly, Tail starts it up, everyone hanging for life on the wings, as behind them, the energy ball is starting to collapse. Tower is seen folding in on itself as Eggman's VR goggles short circuits and burns his face. That's what happens when you play Half-Life Alex for too long, kiddos. <laughs> so the tornado is flying through the sky with everyone safe on it. Tails no longer picking up any signal of the tower. But then Tangle asks a pretty good question. Uh, what should they do with Cubot and Orbot? Uh, Amy says, well, the restoration's not about to start taking prisoners. Let them go, says Bell. They're not the ones who did this. She's right, says Sonic. Whatever they do now, it's not our cause. So what, we just toss them off the plane? Yes, this is the perfect opportunity for Cubot and I to take a small sabbatical. Yeah, and a vacation. We're pooped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sonic's like, yeah, all right, you do that. And hey, by the way, next time try to convince Metal to play hooky too. Orbot and Cubot collapse themselves and roll off the tornado. Rest and relaxation, here we come. Uh, well, you know, all's well that ends well for some people. Good, good, good for, good for those guys. They, they deserve a little prick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, others are uh, don't get that much of a happy ending as Tail looks over to Bell. Are you okay? Yes. No. I, I I don't know. Nothing happened. That's that's not true. Sonic, I was built by a man named Mr. Tinker. You met him once. When he disappeared, people told me he was a monster all along, that he was Dr. Eggman. I didn't think any of that was true. I thought if I could talk to him, he'd understand, and I could explain, and 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 she's she's crying hard real hard amy is pretty touched by this tears in her eyes with tangle saying that really sucks but hey 
you helped do something good today. Your dad would have been proud of you for that, right? Oh, I, I guess he would. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'm going to tell Jewel about all this. As Tails says, good news. With the tower gone, it looks like the storm is starting to break up. Should be a smooth flight back. As the sun rises, arc draws to a close. That is Sonic the Hedgehog issue 40. So how do we feel about this arc? Pretty clean, pretty simple. It's a little to the point. All the beats, it, it was perfectly paced. Very well executed. I did like the little lore drop about Belle. I like it. I don't really have that much to say about it, but this is a very good arc. Definitely a very, very good arc. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. It's a solid arc. It's not amazing or spectacular, but the Belle stuff is pretty interesting, and I like that they're very much trying to humanize her as much as humanly possible. She has a unique elegance to her as a character, and I'm very interested to see, you know, where this goes and how this gets developed. Solid arc, you know? It's not amazing. It's not uh, a 10 out of 10, but you know, hey, sometimes not every arc is going to be that. And that's okay. And hey, let's let's put everything into perspective, guys. This issue came out, let's say, a, maybe like, what, five, maybe like eight months after the Metal Virus Saga concluded? Like, I think we're still due for the more slow-paced stuff. Yeah, which is why we're getting these slower, more chill arcs as of right now. Unfortunately... Well, um, <laughs> well, uh, before we move on, I do want to give a quick shout out. Something that I haven't really talked about is all the like alternate covers that IDW does for really all their comics. The way they structure it is that typically they have their main A cover, their main B cover, varies, depends, whoever is, you know, working on it at the time. But the RIs, which are short for retail incentive, without going too much into it, say you run a comic book store, you buy a pallet, quote unquote, of a Sonic comic, a pallet is 10 copies of either an A or B cover, but within those 10 pallets, you get one copy of an RI cover, so it's a little limited. If you go to a comic book store, they can sell it for however much that they want. If you're like me and collect all the covers, my piece of advice to you guys, if it is within the 10 $15 range if it's a regular not special cover that's a good deal I would recommend you buy that but Natalie Fordrain is the artist typically for these RI covers and for this one in particular she went a little unhinged with it decided to draw Eggman twitch streaming the Viper fight yeah it's uh it's pretty fucking incredible the chat has Eggpawn EFXV2006 <laughs> the real true actual Sonic with a uh with a thumbs up uh scratch man uh saying get wrecked wah ha ha uh jumpin spiral lemur 04 uh saying bad stream you know kind of madge uh gears and starters saying um does anyone know mr tinkerer stars and lines saying is this a joke doctor i can't believe you're using this setup i expected better of you but instead you'd rather devote resources to making a juvenile mindless streaming device to appease whom yourself Please unsubscribe and then immediately below it, comma, your with the <laughs> mod or bot then comes in saying spamming and backseating is not allowed in the chat, comment <laughs> Starline trying to one guy Eggman, that's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> trying to one guy. Oh my god. Yeah, no, how could you also fail to mention that Eggman has an emote of a caterpillar pogging? Yeah, it's um it's pretty incredible. Oh, 
Shout out to Infinite X Worlds uh, with little squigglies at the end of it. Uh, keep in mind, this is written in elite speak. Uh, pledged 100 X egg bits with the comment weak. <laughs> yeah, it was real weak. I, Twitch lets you customize the bits now, don't they? I think they do, yes. All right. Well, hey, real and true then. All right. <sighs> so I hope you guys like the Deadly Six. Okay. So, guys, remember when we started IDW and we had the first arc? One of the first arts was basically Sonic Heroes 2, right? Well, this arc is basically Sonic Lost World 2. Deadly Six Boogaloo. And yeah, we're basically covering up a loose thread that the Metal Virus Saga had, which was whatever happened to the Deadly Six. And that's what we're going to do here. I'll say this. I know I got, look, I, I kind of did backtrack some of my statements about Zavok in the last episode. Because, you know, there was some decent character writing for him. I don't know if I can backtrack those statements. I, I, I might have to double backtrack those statements. <laughs> we're, we're playing jump rope with these statements at this point with how, like, the Deadly Six in general are presented which i think this is fine for what it is i can work with it we'll we'll talk about it as we go along but i think the best way is to just get into it sonic number 41 our man ian flynn is back riding with Adam Bryce Thomas on the art. We open in the sleepy little town of Winterberg, where our first shot appears to be a Sonic ice sculpture that the people made, which looks a lot like his model from Sonic the Fighters, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's intentional. Eggman is fighting Sonic in a snowman mech and is losing, for the record. So Sonic just shouts to Eggman, Come on, man, is that any way to break the ice? No. No tiresome ice puns. Okay, fine. We'll skip to me stopping your conquest of this quaint little town. But Eggman says, no, I don't care about this frostbitten hamlet. I'm out here hunting Zeddy. Zavok and the Deadly Six are still on the loose, and I need to take them out before they cause any more trouble. And since you're too inept to handle them, which Sonic responds by buzz-cutting the snowman bot, me? You're the one who invited them to your Plague of Palooza. They're your fault. Eggman responds, well, this was Starline's harebrained idea to make things better. It was your lackey. They're your fault. No longer affiliated with me. You've got a list of evil deeds a mile long, and you're trying to argue your way out of this with semantics? I got a reputation to uphold. Forget Eggman. I'm calling you Dr. Nutjob from now on. Owned. 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 A owned. 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 Master Zick is watching from the shadows, saying, So Savak is alive, then why hasn't he come to gather us? We're each formidable, but we need his leadership. Eggman immediately says, Unacceptable, as Zick ponders, Perhaps he's wounded. The weak should be left behind. But these are extraordinary circumstances. Back to Baldy McNose hair it is then, as Eggman immediately snaps. That's not funny. It's never been funny. It's never going to be funny. Number one, that's correct. Number two, I'm fairly certain that's a line from DBZ Abridged, is it not? Yes, it, it's a it's a DBZ Abridged line. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Love you. Love you, Ian. We then pan over. Zick will, for the time being, rally the others. Maybe we'll meet him halfway. Hang on, my former apprentice. Our war is not yet over. To which we see Zavok, still affected, let's say, by the events of the Bad Guys miniseries, being supported by the egg pond he took, and he sat down near a tree and laments how he planned to steal a whole army from Eggman. Now all I have to show for my efforts is this one measly robot. I am the mightiest of the Lost Hex. Then I fought Sonic and Eggman, suffering one humiliating defeat after another. Beaten. Broken, be so easy just to surrender. But upon Zavok, quite literally, 
touching grass brings himself back to reality. No, defeat is only foundation for revenge. So I'll I'll say it. I do like this moment, but I also love the art of Zavok talking about revenge as he gets the scribbled sort of line effect that like indicates his rage is sort of fuming from him. It actually does give that imposing feeling that the character is supposed to kind of embody. And this is a really, really good scene for that. I like that he does have that moment of wavering before immediately touching grass and being like, fuck no, I ain't a bitch. <laughs> Listen, kids, if there's any lesson to learn, Sometimes you just need to touch grass. You know who... Listen, there are some of you guys in the Sonic community who really need to touch some fucking grass, all right? Go, go outside, touch some grass, have, have a run or two. You know what you can do if you really want to? You can put your arms behind just like Sonic and, you know, yeah, you'll get a couple looks, but yeah, you just, you just say you're enjoying yourself. Just, just touch grass, man. Do not kill the part of you that cringes. Kill the part of you that is cringy or something like that. I don't know. I don't uh, care. Yeah, 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 whatever. Anyways, Zavok uses his metal mancy to tell the egg pond to contact the egg net. Activate your GPS. Find which is closest. Riverside, Vista View, Orchardville, Sunset City, or Winterburg. The others won't have strayed far from where I sent them. I will need the full might of the Deadly Six to fulfill my revenge. And then we will lay everything to waste as Zavok lumbers off into the fog of night. Before we cut to Zaz. On Riverside, Zaz is perched on a rock. He's hunting a fish for food, but he then slips from his rock and the fish is slipped from his grasp. And then he has to flail himself to the bank of the river and he's complaining about how hungry he's getting. But he looks up and sees Zavok angrily asking, what are you doing? Zaz gets back up. Look, 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 all the people back at that town changed back to normal and they ganged up on me and kicked me out. Then Zavok gets in closer. You are Zeti. You are the deadly six. You do not survive. You thrive. Where is the moon mech? I stashed it not too far from here. Summon it. Our revenge begins now. As we then quickly see Zaz and Zavok raising Riverside in no time at all. Uh, a doctor, after a quick raise of the town, begins to treat Zavok's wounds, telling him to wrap the bandages tight. I will heal faster with proper support. Yes, sir. Then may I tend to my neighbors? No, he says and pushes him away. Okay, okay, okay. I'll give, you know what? I'll give it that. That was a good moment. I kind of like that. All right, okay. I fuck with that. Oh, yeah, you're cooking. You're cooking. Okay. Okay, Deadly Six. You're cooking. You're cooking a little. Zavok notes to Zaz. This town was in pristine condition before it was raised. Did you do nothing with the Zombots? Uh, no, I did. But then something called the Restoration came in and rebuilt. The Jerks. And now the name Restoration rings in Zavok's head. Then later at Vister View, the people rebuilt the town post-metal virus and keep Zomom in a small cage in the town square feasting in front of him as a form of torture. <laughs> Based. Yeah. Two people are eating and they're cheering over all the effort that they put into rebuilding. It's as if the metal virus never touched the place. And someone brings a large cake in front of Zomom as he shouts, it's not fair to have a feast and not let me feast. But she says, nah, you know the deal. 
You behave, we feed you on the hour. Or I can bring this cake to someone else. I'll be good. But uh, then quickly, the table is shot up by Zaz's moon mech and just starts wrecking havoc. Zavok finds Zomom in his cage. Wow, and I thought I found Zaz in a pathetic state. So he says, well, I was weak with hunger. I only get three meals a day. Let me out so I can eat him up. To which Zavok tears into the cage, destroys it. You are one of the Zeti. Of the deadly six, you do not accept ration feedings. You will consume all, which, to be real here, kind of a raw shot. Kind of sick from Zavok, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, the breaking of the cage into letting his deadly six-member go loose and just beast, you know. One of the Restoration then grabs a Hover Wisp on to blast away at Zavok's badnik, and he tells everyone, get to the designated shelter. To which Zavok then grabs him by the nape. Do you serve this Restoration? He asks as he crushes the wisp on as the hover wisp inside just kind of dizzily floats away. Says, we work for the Restoration Security Corps. We stop badniks from attacking the efforts. So you rebuild? Protect? This is not the Zeti way. Explain. Uh, Between war and the plague, we have to look out for each other. We've come a long way by working together and you strive to undo all my kind is done. You work together. Now you suffer together. Okay. All right, wait, wait, we got we got a little bit of oil in the pan, you know. He's flipping it a little. Okay, all right, you're giving some sauce to this character. Yeah. Ian, yeah. Ian, Ian, he is Ian. he has Ian truly has become Atlas to these fucking characters. <laughs> he is holding them up by sheer force of will. Come on, you got to be impressed with that much at least. Yeah, at the very least. So later on, as Zavok, Zaz, and Zilmom are walking through the forest, they eventually come across. Master Zick, who has gathered up Xena and Zor, saying that he took the liberty of rounding up the others so that they all might regroup soon. A wise course of action, Master. Well done, says Sava. We are the deadly six once more. What would you have us do? We march back the way you came. We find the towns that so foolishly resisted us, and we raise them to the ground. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Zick says this is simple, but Zavok says they will only be the first to suffer through my revenge. More will follow. Zick does understand, but says, no, 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 this is too obvious a course of action. I assume you left nothing but misery in your wake. I'd assume the screams led you to us. So you've begun to set a pattern. We are far from home. No way back to the Lost Hex. We're in the lands of the enemy who are numerous and organized. It will not take long for them to realize their targets and attack. And Zavok insists we will face them on the battlefield. We route them out or fall in glorious combat. Well, that's an acceptable end to be sure, but we can achieve much more. No doubt you've heard of the Restoration, yes? They bring safety, stability, and worst of all, hope. Teared up by the roots and the world has no means of recovering from our viciousness. Zavok just thanks his master for the council. Tells the rest of the Deadly Six... Continue marching to the nearest town. Firmly establish the pattern. Raise this next town to the ground. Then the heroes will then rush to defend the last two towns. Then we double back and attack the Restoration's base when they're at their weakest. Real plan? Zick says. Deadly Six? We move. Okay, I I really like this, actually. God damn. Yeah, they're actually doing something with these characters and having them be interesting. Sort of making Zick, you know, he's he's the wise master and he's, he's experienced in battle. So it makes sense that he'd have a lay of the land in terms of combat. He's taking advantage of that. And it's like, wow, you're actually adding some depth to him. It's not that hard, guys. It, it's really, really not. Is- I, I I really like it, but like, wow, Sonic Lost World really was a, was a game. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was a fucking game, God. The video, the video game of all time. So we move to Orchardville. Villagers are picking their apples, enjoying their lives, just as the Deadly Six just attack the orchard and they just start fucking shit up. Some of the local restoration members pull out their wispons to fight. Oh great, there's more of them? The runty one was bad enough. As Zavok pushes down a tree, those two are pinned down and just stomps the tree trunk down putting some real hurt on them. Zavok calls this a quite pathetic display. This town fell so easily. Hope the others will put up some fight. Under him, one of the restoration members tells others to distract him. I'll go warn the others. Something Zavok pretended not to hear, but we can tell his plans all fallen into place. So we move to Restoration HQ as Charmy, Vector, and Espio, Team Chaotix, walk in, pretty surprised and amazed by the uh, sight of this place. Charmy thinks it's a lot cooler than the old place, as Espio says they put in a lot of work to rebuild after we uh, accidentally destroyed the last one. Which Vector thinks we should probably offer the Restoration a discount for the job on that account. Ah, yikes. Well, uh, they end up finding Lanolin, which Vector tells her, hey, uh, Director Jewel sent for us. So she radios in their arrival, and Jewel quickly shows up to welcome Vector, and Lanolin just kind of shuffles away. Jewel gives them some documents. We have some string of attacks here. They seem unrelated to Eggman. People are saying they're caused by horned monsters, which Espio instantly IDs the perps. They're the deadly six. I fought Zaz in Riverside. Tails and Amy fought Zama on Vister View. Silver and Whisper took down Zor in Orchardville. Vector adds, we know Zavok escaped from Everhold. And Jewel is actually quite impressed to see them deduce it so fast, which Vector is just like, this is open and shut. The D6 are out for revenge and they got sloppy. We know where they're going to strike next. The Chaotix Detective Agency can handle the rest. Ah, they're being played. But you know what? Hey, something that I appreciate is that, you know, yes, they're a detective agency, but like in the games, we don't really get much of that. In the external media though, yeah, they're all in on that. And they they really, really go hard with it. And I'm I'm a big fan of when they're actually detective. It's pretty cute. I don't remember if this was like in the English version, but I know in Sonic X and at least in the Japanese uh a language version. There is a scene where basically Vector is cosplaying Columbo. <laughs> it's very funny. Vector Columbo raw. Just, just, just one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> we move to Winterberg outside an Eggman base. It explodes from the inside as Sonic snowboards down the mountain. Eggman flying away. Curse you, Sonic! This isn't the end. And Sonic's like, yeah, yeah, this won't end till you give up your villain shtick, Doc. Either way, fun past couple days for me. Sonic gets to get back to basics, blew up an Eggman base. I think, I think I'll take some time off. Stay around, maybe help the locals rebuild or something. Till Sonic's watch pings. Gets a call from Tails. The Deadly Six are back and they're on the move. Huh, that's funny. Eggman and I were just chatting about that now. Wait, what? I'll tell you later. What's the deets? The Chaotix have pinpointed their next targets at Sunset City and Winterberg. Seems like they're headed for the former. Can you head to the latter quickly? Huh, I can manage. So he hangs up the call. Guess I'll have plenty of time to kick back, relax, and get prepared to stomp some goons. All right. Oh, uh. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we got ourselves a little bit of a setup here, uh. All right, I like the setup, and Ian, you really are doing wonders for these characters, by which, of course, I mean the fucking bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, we've been praising that the writing, but, you know, listen, like, let's, let's not kid ourselves. This is the bare minimum. It really is. That's not to disrespect Ian, by no means. It's just that these characters should have been so much more in Lost World. Exactly, and this is the problem. 
right? This is the recurring problem with the Deadly Six that we are very openly noticing. We are cheering for the most basic of character interactions and ideas because there is so little to draw on. And Ian is trying to work with fucking scraps. He He's putting it together, but it's We'll get into it later. We'll get into it later, but just... We'll, we'll get into it. That's issue 41 done. Let's move on right quick to issue 42. And folks, our dream team is back. Flynn writing and Tracy Yardley is back to do the art. It's been a while, hasn't it? Since Tracy yeah. Yardley's done art. I was about to say, yeah, no, it's been a while. Oh my God. So what, what do you know what Mr. Yardley has been has been up to as of late? I know he, I, I imagine he works on just other projects and other comics. <sighs> It's uh, <laughs> it's a little difficult to talk about because, like, without going too much into it, I think somewhere around this time, he said he had uh, some personal issues going on with his family. It's This was years ago, so everything's been resolved now, but he did take a little step back from the comic interior art-wise. To this day, he still does art for the covers. I think the most recent release, issue 58, I believe, was a Tracy Yardley cover. At least one of them was. So, he still has his hand in IDW Sonic. Ah, uh, this is the part where it's going to become difficult for me to talk about because, like, he, he's he been posting uh, a lot on Twitter, right? Every now and again, likes to talk about, you know, his work on IDW Sonic, but also with Archie Sonic. And he once posted, this was like a good couple of months ago, how even though he does get a better rate with IDW now, he feels like he doesn't really want to return to IDW Sonic, at least not right now. Even though he still does work in the capacity of which I said. And I mean, the 5th anniversary special edition of the first issue is being reprinted. It's going to be out in April. And I know he's doing the art for the new B story that Ian is also writing. So he's still involved. He still really is. Although what I'm about to say feels like I'm going to put words in his mouth. So please don't take it like that. This is just my thoughts and I feel hesitant to even say it. I kind of do suspect that Tracy Yardley may have a preference. Maybe he preferred working on Archie Sonic versus IDW Sonic. It's understandable to an extent. So I get it, right? Especially when you consider the way that the narrative that Ian and Yardley kind of crafted and how integral the two were together in forming what was a rebirth of a comic that people did not think would ever get that kind of treatment. I can imagine the way that they want IDW done, which again, it's a much different comic compared to Archie. It would make sense that he's a little bit more hesitant because the content in IDW is nowhere near in that realm that maybe Yardley felt more comfortable with, you know? I can completely understand that, right? From that perspective, I completely get it. And I think that's that's very reasonable if that's his take. Yeah, if that, and again, if that is his take, he has not been vocal about it that much. What I'm saying here is pure speculation. Please, please, please do not take what I say as me putting words in his mouth. It's very interesting to see. But again, I don't want this to be like me bothering him. I don't want to like engage with him on this. He clearly has his preferences one way or the other. And either way, in his own capacity, he's still working on IDW Sonic. Now, of course, as a fan and as someone as who grew up with Archie Sonic, would I like to see Tracy Yardley's art more often in the comics? Yes, absolutely. But that's his call. 
ultimately. That's and his call. We're not, uh, yeah, and we're not going to fucking judge him one way or the other. It's ultimately his decision. Whatever decision that is, that's his to make. Didn't mean to go into this whole tangent. I, I guess I brought it up by accident, but you know, hey, I feel like it is worth talking about because Yardley was such an integral part of Archie, and we have not really seen his art that much, and I guess it's good to sort of kind of understand maybe where he lies but again we don't know we don't have a full picture of it we only have the speculation and based off of some tweets and whatnot but it's irrelevant at the end of the it's irrelevant and like i said i'm going to stress this for a fourth time please don't engage with him about this leave the guy alone it's his call at the end of the day whatever he wants to do we as fans have the responsibility to support him, whatever that may be. Absolutely. But let's get into the comic proper. We open in Restoration HQ. Jewel is starting up the Discord group call. We're setting up our scene here. Chaotix are at Sunset City. Tails at his workshop in Central City. Sonic hanging out in Winterberg. R arriving in record time, mate, I add. As Sonic is chilling out on a couch in like a chateau kind of place. It's like ski resort? Maybe like a ski resort. He's chilling out in a ski resort on a couch. Blanket and cocoa. It's what I do. Smile face. My man has achieved maximum cozy. You love yeah, to see he it. Is, he is he is at peak cozy right now. This is this is optimal conditions for the human being, you know. Uh if only I could be that cozy. <laughs> for real, for real. On God, we'll never be cozy in Florida. No. So Vector is asked to start the briefing. We are all in our respective places because the Deadly Six are returning to their respective scenes of the crime and attacking where they tried to control during the metal virus outbreak. We've deduced a pattern and we've got an ambush set up. The Chaotix themselves are in Central City and Sonic is at Winterberg. Which says that him, you know, chilling out with the promised adventure, best life I could ask for. As for Tails, he's in Central City because it's central. Take it away, buddy. Tails then pulls himself away from his project and says, well, I kind of assumed we'd be dealing with the Deadly Six eventually, so I'm workshopping some options here. So Tails pulls out his first project, the Zeddy Zapper. It's been reverse engineered from Zadox Chaos Emerald Siphon. Our goal, we take it, slap it on the Zeddy, and it will turn their electromagnetic powers against them, harmlessly disabling them for capture and transport on the Zeddy Launcher. Little rocket. It's going to automatically return them to the Lost Hex and won't bother us ever again. Which Jules says, well, what if they like try to take off the zappers and take control of the shuttle mid-flight? Don't worry about that. I got safeguards built in all for stuff like that. The hardest part is going to be taking them down. Sonic tells Jewel we can trust in Tails' tech. So with that assurance, Jewel will check in with everyone on the hour. But Sonic assures her again, everything's going to be fine, okay? The call ends and Sonic sips on his cocoa, thinking, man, oh, I worked real hard to save this place from Eggman. I am not going to let these jerks tear it down. The restoration has worked so hard to rebuild. I think everyone wants to forget the metal virus was even a thing. Like, we all woke up from a bad dream. But that's hard to do with Zavok's crew causing havoc and Eggman up to his usual mess. All I need now is for the Babylon rogues to show up or worse. That Eggman giga fanboy Starline. Speaking of Starline, on cue, in the Emeraldville ruins, Starline is right outside of Restoration HQ's back door. I consider patience one of my virtues, but even I have my limits. I have work to do. While the encounter was brief and disarming, 
remembering the boot to the head that he received, I couldn't help but take note of the badnik among Sonic's friends. The construction was unorthodox, undeniably Eggman quality, perhaps built during his tinkerer period. Such a unique creation, unlike anything else of his, all the insights and nuances I could obtain by studying them. If I could only acquire them, which I can't because they're stashed in Restoration HQ, which I can't access either. My tricore would be powerful enough to storm the facility, but that's... Dr. Eggman's style, not mine. I'm trying to be better. And my hypnotic tools only got me into the prison because it wasn't known to security. I should assume I'd be identified on sight here as Starline starts to make his way down into the shed. No, I need to minimize my contacts. I've seen people enter the shed but never leave. Perhaps there's a trap door or pulling the switch uh, <laughs> after messing around in the uh, in the shed. <laughs> Eureka, but there's no time to celebrate. I must be exceedingly cautious. I didn't have the luxury of establishing any kind of distraction. Speaking of distractions, we move to the main entrance of the Restoration HQ. A lone guard sleeping on guard duty is awoken by a truck filled with burning oil barrels it's driving full speed toward the gates and the guy jumps away just at the last second letting the deadly six to let themselves in once inside zavox is uh, quite unimpressed that this is what they built for themselves why don't we just burn it all down zaz goes first he's break through the windows of some shops Zamom is just taking an ice cream cart and just shoving it down his gullet. Some guys are freaking out and try to hold themselves in a dark corner, being scoped out by Zor unknowingly. Zik sees that the defensive forces have arrived as some soldiers shoot their hover wispons at them. Xena maneuvers around the air blast, fucking split kicks two guys in the back. She's fucking hitting the SA-1 cover pose. Tracy Yardley, what in the fuck possessed you to draw that? See, I don't know, but it goes really hard for no reason, and it's Again, it's like it's kind of like a good character moment, so okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, hey, listen, Tracy Yardley, love it when you ad lib in the art. So Zavik rallies everyone to himself. We fight as one. They stand back to back, but no one else comes to challenge them to their confusion. Zavok thinks they may be lying in wait, but Zig thinks maybe this really was all there is. The people of this world cherish peace and harmony, only distracted occasionally by Eggman's antics. On those occasions, they rely on their heroes. Otherwise, they see no need to prepare for violence. So then Xena decides to ask, well... What happens if someone steals something or picks a fight with someone? As Zick adds that they just don't really do that. They're kind and compassionate to each other. She responds, it's gross. I hate how gross that is. Uh, uh, I'm no, not going to lie. When I first read that, I don't know what it was, but that triggered something in my mind of like how, I don't know what it is, but like maybe like the Zeti are maybe like weird opposite species to like the Mobians or whatever they are. Yeah. And then I ended up pulling myself down like a weird mental rabbit hole of how like Silver has these weird psychokinetic powers that are li and, like the Zeti's electromagnetic powers, which made me think maybe Silver may have Zeti lineage which now I'm thinking about interbreeding and I'm thinking about this while like I'm at work for the record and I'm having a spiral in my desk and I'm like what the fuck am I doing oh sweet sketch out moment it really was fellas if you ever have moments like that it's best to just go to bed I don't care if it's 2 p.m. in the afternoon just go to bed that's a tip from me listen listen just bedge bro just bedge Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta bench, and that, that's that's all we do in this house. We bench. Speed, fuck it, pull up bench. There, there. See this bench. Sleepy. Just go bench. Yeah, bench. Anyways, 
Zavok saying, now we must march straight to the heart of their operations and rip it out. Starline is skulking around in the background. Savok is alive and here now. No, 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 no. Serenity now. Fear is the mind killer. <laughs> this could be a boon, actually. While those monsters terrorize everything else, I can move about more freely. It wouldn't do to get caught by anyone, though. I must be swift and sensitive and hope my enemies keep each other occupied. We then cut to Tangle, Whisper, and Joel. They're at the command center. The doors have been double reinforced. Tangle and Whisper are the front guard to protect Jewel, and Tangle promises to keep her safe as long as they can. So she calls in a panic. Chaotix? Sonic tells anybody, the Deadly Six are in the building. The Chaotix are on the move, but Charmy doesn't understand. We followed the right trail, but Vector says, no, we were baited like chumps. We gotta go. Tails is scrambling with the zappers. I can probably get there first. Sonic, I'll wait. We can go in together. But Sonic doesn't respond. He's already on the move, running out, leaving Winterberg before his mug even has touched the ground. What follows is three very reminiscent panels of uh, a certain incident in a time long ago. A certain 175 as Sonic bursts. And when I say burst, I mean bursts. Through the mountains, through the plains, as sonic booms are fired off as his speed continues to increase, leading to the most pissed off Sonic has been in a very long time in comic form. That is a look that reminds me of another look, you know? You know, one where he maybe was uh, talking about limits at one point, you know? It was another goaded piece of artwork by Tracy Yardley as well. Mm -hmm. I will say, I feel like this might have been part of the reason that he did art on this issue. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the HQ, Zaman finds the workshop, but was looking for the control room. No snacks either. But Groovy and Bell were hiding behind a large toolbox. Just as Starline came in using the chaos to his advantage, uses his hypnosis tool to tell Groovy to leave and tell the others to ignore this room. And he agrees to that very easily. Starring says, wow, it never worked this well before. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're dealing with Zomom. It's, it's expected. Groovy thanks Starline uh, before Bell cowers in fear. Uh, don't. That's Dr. Starline. He's a bad guy. But he saved us. I can multitask. Hand over the puppet, please. Not a chance, says Groovy. We look after our own, even when they dump a whole oil pan in your face. I said I was sorry. What do you want with me? Ah, so you're self-actualizing. Marvelous. Do you go by a model number? I I'm Belle. Nice to meet you. Uh, <laughs> Starline laughs at that. Ah, oh, splendid. I got a useful sample from the Brackus at the Chateau. You left quite an impression on me. Physically and metaphorically. I believe you'll be pivotal to my current projects, and you know how much I cherish Dr. Eggman's works. You will be treated with the utmost respect. As Groovy gets up, large wrench in hand, Shane Egg Tech. Now you get out, Doc, you're harsh in the vibe. Now get- He swings the wrench down, Starline goes under, but kicks him in the chest with a poison spur. So now Groovy's knocked out. Starline says, now look, he's got only a mild toxin in him. A second dose will be the end of him. But if we leave now together, I will not have the time to administer it. So Belle gives it up. Okay, I'll come quietly. And she apologizes to Groovy as Starline leads her out. Meanwhile, Sonic races in, going through the ruins of the city before making it through 
to the entrance where he gets a very brief description of what's happening, told to get the hell in there, and dashes through. Meanwhile, as Sonic is about to pass them, Starline and Belle head towards the elevator. Sonic just barely missing the two of them move through. <laughs> Starline is also not happy about... <laughs> the elevator being out of service. <laughs> Bell saying, I guess the monsters cut a power line. Oh, well, leave you to your escape. Have a nice day. Before Starline grasps onto her, activates the tricore, and flies up and away. As they're gone, the Deadly Six arrive to the door. Zamom only can punch a little dent in it, which Zavok sees that this is the most resistance we've seen thus far. What a curious tomb. The living are inside. Let's fix that. But before Zavok can pry the door open, Sonic arrives, pinballing off the Deadly Six. Hey, you jerks! Am I late to the party? No party, Hedgehog, Zavok says, but you're just in time for your funeral. So, gotta give a shout out to Tracy Yardley's art of Sonic, like, de like skidding in after humming attacking all of them. He looks like he's just raring to fucking go. It's, uh, the Akira sweeping. It's pretty fucking dope. Okay, um, there's a lot to talk about in this issue, uh, but, you know, listen, this is a good issue. This is a pretty good issue. Tracy Arley's art elevates it. It feels like there's a lot going on here. It's, it's really fucking good. Yeah, a big fan of it. Very happy with it. Sonic issue 43. Ian Flynn wrote, with Peppers, Curry, and Roethlisberger, the three of them, on art duty. The fight begins. Sonic is caught in the middle, dodges a blow from Zamom, and that blow catches Zaz instead. Rolling toward and around Zavok, he just asks, why couldn't you leave well enough alone? You guys have a whole world to explore and enjoy, and you guys just pick a fight instead. On the other side of the door... Tangle's trying to pry the door open to join Sonic as backup, but he says, no, 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 not yet. We need Tails' doodads. I'm just going to keep him busy for now. Jewel then calls Tails and Vector. Can you guys get here any sooner? No one is remotely close to helping out. But Tails is flying max speed on the tornado, flying in to get there faster. The Chaotix are en route, but they're stuck in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. Though Vector's just like, maybe if I push, I can get there faster. My man's driving Miami traffic. That's just how uh, it is. Nah, 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 nah. What are you talking about? This is not bumper. Uh, fucking, what are you talking about? about bro hialeah this ain't this ain't hialeah hialeah war zone bro we know this yeah it's uh it's unlike i4 as well yeah jewel tells sonic you're gonna have to hold out for now but whisper doesn't think so tangle and asks tangle to like brace her down and looks out from one of the air holes of the doors and fires her laser whiz bomb to shot zamam in the back leaving him open to get kicked out under the jaw by sonic zick Kind of sees what's going on and blocks a spike shot from Whisper, but is distracted enough to get bounced off of by Sonic. Xena has to dodge laser shots as he tries to get to the door to grab the Wisp on, but is end up pushed out by Tangle's tail. Sonic once again homing attacks Zaz right in the gut. Not enough though. And asks Sonic to go in for another to his just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Zavok demands Zor to get in the fight, but he says, no, I'm looking to looking for the right time to strike, you know, which prompts Zavok to grab his torso and just throws him towards Sonic to get in there and strike. And he's sent flying back as Sonic gives another hit to Zaz and is taken out mid-flight by a spike shot. Okay. One less guy to worry about now, Sonic thinks. But now Zaz is pumped up. Ready to go in for a real fight. You unleash the beast, baby. Now I'm going to tear the whole place down. Another spike shot bounces off Zavok's skin. But decides he's had enough of this. And uses his electromagnetic powers to scramble both Whisper's mask and Wispon. So Tangle decides to go in for revenge with her tail. Zavok grabs it in response. And yanks Tangle by it. Which hits her in the back several times by the door. And she passes out. 
All that set aside, Sonic and Zaz are still in their fight, which Sonic just spin kicks his way up and hits Zaz right across the head, dazing him. But he's not giving up. To which Sonic tells him, like, dude, come on, stop, you're done. Well, I ain't done till I'm dead. Which Sonic homing attacks him in the gut, pushing him back fully, said you are done. Zavok goes for a stray hook, slapping Sonic down. And then we get, uh, I, I mean, listen, man, this panel is, it's too funny. Uh, just, can we get this like little panel? Can we get it up there? Yeah. yeah you know what? You know what he looks like? He looks like Asuka. Pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as he says, I admire your tenacity for what is perseverance, if not a lesser form of ruthlessness. Uh, as he swipes Sonic, who then spin dashes away before Xena kicks him back to Zavok, who catches him and slams him into the wall. Wow, okay. So Sonic stumbles back up and Zavok commends Sonic for being a truly mighty warrior, the most challenging they ever faced. But challenges are always meant to be overcome. Sonic holds himself up on the wall. Okay, I get it. Your poetry circle didn't like your work. But can we jump to the part where you guys actually, like, do something? The Deadly Six then all rush Sonic. He dodges the first attack. He uppercuts Zavok, but ends up being held down by Zamom as Zavok begins to walk away. Hold him down. I want all the restoration to listen as I tear him to pieces. Better than listening to you ramble. But suddenly... Zamom is quickly electrified and lets Sonic go, to when he passes out, Tails snuck up behind him and put a zapper on his back, to which Tails quickly gives the back to Sonic, you go zap him. Zavok dives in between the two of them, they have to jump away, leading Sonic to quickly throw the zappers on each of the deadly six, but once almost cleared, Zavok comes in and pins Sonic to the ground, and tells Tails, you are now out of tricks, what will you do? Use what Sonic taught me, he says, and spin dashes into Zavok's gut, uppercutting him. Now he's grabbed and also pinned to the wall. And now your skills have failed you. To which Tails says, well, guess I'll have to go back to trick. Tails throws his two tails towards Zavok, revealing he had a zapper in between them. And what's latched on, Zavok is electrified and downed. As for the last one, Sonic throws it, Tails bounces off of him, and it hits Zor, really enjoying the state of agony he's in. No, bad. Bad. Sonic and Tails come to terms with each other as they're both uh, pretty roughed up. Sonic's saying they're called the Deadly Six. They don't tickle. <laughs> Tangle has regained consciousness and starts waving her tail towards Sonic. Hey, are you guys okay? Yeah, yeah, nothing a chili dog won't fix. Okay, good, we got a big problem. Oh no, Tails showed up and the Deadly Six are taken care of, or we're all Gucci. No, no, not that. Well, the doors are damaged, but the tracks are intact, Tails says. I can get them open. No, forget the doors! Bell's been kidnapped! Dr. Starline kidnapped Bell. That's the end of issue 43. Seems like the story arc is not over yet, folks. Yes, we do have one final issue, which I i mean, this is the best this this story gets. And uh, ha, 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 oh boy, there is quite a lot to say in this last issue. So let's get right into it with Sonic the Hedgehog issue 44. With, once again, and unfortunately for now, the last time thus far, our dream team, Ian Flynn and Tracy Yardley. So we open as the Deadly Six, restrained with the Zeddy Zapper, are <laughs> angrily eyeing Sonic outside the ruins of Emeraldville as he shows them the ride they're going to be taking back 
to the lost tax. Yay! Get them the fuck out of this comic! Yeah. Yay! Thank God. <laughs> well, Zavok goes for one last desperation attack, but then he's electrified again and said, what is to become of us? Huh? We're just going to send you home. And Zavok is legitimately surprised by that. Tails says the launch is going to send you to a one-way trip back to the Lost Hex. Once there, its systems will self-destruct and your zappers will deactivate. You will be stranded on your home world and the rest of us will be safe from you. Don't let the door hit you on your way out, Sonic says. Or do. I don't really care. (laughs) So uh, Zavok then retorts with, After all we've done, you're showing us mercy. They already won, that's enough. You know, aside from it being really humbling for you guys, before Zavok starts to laugh, I will make you regret showing restraint. This moment of compassion will be repaid tenfold in violence and misery. As we see a nice big page spread of Sonic and Zavok staring each other down. Four scenes appear, Shadow saying, This is your fault. If I had destroyed Eggman in Windmill Village, none of this would be happening. During the Metal Virus. Just like I shouldn't have let you convince me to leave Eggman in Windmill Village. Sonic looking at Metal in the snow. Oh hey Metal, looks like you're fully repaired, huh? And lastly, Dr. Eggman. Ah, that life was relaxing, but I'm doing something better. Sonic has a brief thought over all of these moments, and then says... But I'm not going to sacrifice my principles out of fear. You want to cause more trouble? Fine. Waste your time. I'll kick your butt every time. Zavok looks away, says that he can respect that ideology. Before the Deadly Six are rounded up, taken to the Zeddy launcher, sent the fuck out of this comic. (laughs) Oh man, bye-bye. Um, so I'll say it. Yeah, they're really, really hitting that shit home with Sonic, huh? They're really making sure his actions have consequences. Oh, yeah. So that I love. I really love that. Although, I have a note here. I think we could have gone, like, a little bit deeper. I think we could have had a scene with Zavok maybe finding, like, a deeper respect. It's shown a little bit. But I think we could we can mine a little bit more of, like, Zavok building this, like, respect for Sonic as, like, a warrior. Saying, you know what, Sonic? You have bested me time and time again. I will come back for my revenge one day. However, he looks at him real intensely. Should you ever desire, you have earned a place among my deadly six. Kind of like really honing it in. Yeah, I I agree with that, actually. I think that we get a very brief glimpse of it, right? But like the idea that like Sonic is very firm about sticking to his ideals, much in the same way that Zavok is, there's almost like an unspoken kinship that Zavok may feel from that. I think that could have added a little bit more to his character. We do get that very brief glimpse of it, but again, not enough for the full thing. But bye, bye. Yeah, for now, goodbye. 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 We, We will see them one more time. Just one. Singular. The rocket is launched into the sky. Tails calming into Jewel. Shuttle's en route to the Lost Hex. Any word from the Chaotix? Jewel says they missed their last check-in. I don't know if something happened to him or, but Sonic's just like, don't worry about it. They may not necessarily be the most professional in the world, but they get their results. If anyone can find Bell, it's them. Sonic thinks it is worthwhile for him to look to. Tails tells him, be careful. We may be over the Deadly Six, but Eggman's still up to his old tricks. No telling what Starline's planning either. We cut. Belle is waking up as she freaks the fuck out as 
Dr. Starline with Bell's little little hat on on his head says, Finally, you have the most obtuse startup routine. Then again, your unorthodox design is precisely why I sought you out. I, I don't understand. I'm nothing special. I just repair stuff. I mess things up. Not always in that order. There's more to you than meets the eye. We both know that. Please don't disassemble me. Perish the thought. You are a unique and incredibly complex piece of art. I wouldn't dare risk damaging you. We may have had a falling out, but I still hold Dr. Eggman's work in high esteem. Before Bell snaps, I wasn't built by Dr. Eggman. Starline's like, well, yeah, that's true to an extent, but I don't think you know the full story. There's no story to it. Tut tut, little puppet. Lying will make your nose grow. Ah, yes, Dr. Eggman lost his memory after one of his most critical defeats and took on the Mr. Tinker persona, a kind inventor and repair man. So then I took him in, went to great lengths to repair him from that state of mind, with some help from Metal Sonic. Yeah, yes. But when Belle realizes that, she is angered and shocked to learn that this guy is responsible for turning her dad back into Eggman. Indeed, the only drawback being the loss of Mr. Tinker's alternative design perspective, really. Dr. Eggman always had a unique style to his creations. Sometimes minimalist, sometimes eclectic, but always had a central motif. He would never think of developing a puppet like you, nor will he ever do so again, which is why I need to study your unique- And then, Bell snaps. You took my father away from me. Starline Pogs. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. Starline, yeah, 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 like, 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 yeah, 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 like, yeah, just look at it, right? Starline Pogs. As an alert goes off, pinging some kind of sensor. Yes, such passion, such realistic emotional simulation. Do you even care? Are you even listening to me? Oh, I do and I am, as Starline thinks. Let loose, Belle. Tell me everything. Belle snaps again. You insensitive jerk. You ruined everything. Less about me, more about you. Dr. Eggman made you on Lone Mill Village, didn't he? Before Belle recounts her true origin story. He was Mr. Tinkerer. He was kind and sweet and funny, and I loved him so much. I was so happy fixing the toys and rides he made for the children. He began to introduce me to the villagers. They were nervous around me, but willing to give me a chance. Then one day he vanished, and not long after Eggman attacked. The metal virus didn't affect me, and I was very alone. Eventually, everyone was cured and came home, but they blamed me. They thought I was an Eggman spy. They broke down and recycled everything Mr. Tinkerer built, and got mad if I tried to fix anything. So I ran away. I looked for him. I thought, maybe if I found him, I could talk to him, make him come back as Mr. Tinkerer. Instead, I was found by Sonic and Tails. I thought maybe, with their help, I could fix things. Stupendous. Quantifiable metrics on loyalty, family, devotion, and a whole gamut of emotions. A sense of purpose and belonging rendered in beautiful, replicable code. And all of it readily applicable. This will save me months of research. I can directly apply it to them and begin field testing immediately. Okay, so first of all, them. I want you guys to Put in a little box. Take that box and hold on to it. Because what we're about to get from this analysis, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something. Oh boy, it's something. Let's, let's, let's finish this before we really start to dive into this. So, Belle is 
sad. Why do I even bother? You don't care. Nobody cares before. Click. Espio. Stealth. Says, keep quiet. We'll escape while he's distracted. Before Belle screams, and on top of it all, there's ghosts? <laughs> And then Belle fixes her eyes and says, oh, wait a minute. You're that detective ninja guy that can turn invisible. Oh, sawdust. And then behind the door, Vector just screams like, ah, for the love of, and bursts through the door with Charmy. Give it up, Doc. The Chaotix got you surrounded. And Starlight claps. Oh, goodness. How did you find me so quickly? Vector is a little smug saying, it's all part of uh, being a good detective. And Charmy says, yeah, now we know where your evil lair is. But Starlight thinks, you think this modest facility is my headquarters? Well, I did, till you laughed like that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're bringing you in, we're raiding your files, and I'll know what you've been up to soon enough. Starring says, what do you mean? There's nothing for you to inspect. Everything's being uploaded to my personal cloud server. And just for good measure, activates power of his tricore and smashes the PC flat. That's one way to do it. Could have yeah. grabbed the magnets too. Yeah, absolutely. Vector's pretty pissed as he commands the Chaotix to get him. Bell asking if she should find cover and Espio uh, responding in kind. Starline casually jumps over them using his tricore and switches to speedcore at the door. Better luck next time, detectives. And Miss Bell, thank you. You've been very helpful. Blast off as the Chaotix can't catch up to him. Vector walks over to Bell saying, are you okay? D did he hurt you? He broke my heart. Literally? Because Tails can maybe fix that. No. She's gonna be okay now. I'm here and you've got friends waiting for you. <sighs> All right, there's a lot. There's a lot to say about this, but so we're we're finally almost done with these fucks. One last scene. One last scene, and then we never see him again. Okay, guys, we move to the Lost Hex. The rocket lands in Lava Mountain Zone. The Deadly Six step out, and they see the shuttle collapsing in under itself. And the Zappers have become disabled and fall off their bodies. They were true to their words, Zavok says which Zick calls one of the many weaknesses of a hero. Well, great, Xena adds. We're back home with nothing to show for it, and Zaz is too dejected to even want to break anything. But then, Zavok says, My pack, consider this. We took on a conquest far greater than any city dare to undertake. There is honor and glory to be found in that, though our victory was stolen by that rodent by a hair's breadth. But in defeat, there is knowledge. These paltry tricks cannot defeat us again. The Lost Hex will not contain us forever. We will return to the world below with a vengeance. Stronger, wiser, and even more ruthless than before. As they look into the horizon, a break in the clouds with the earth below. That is the end of issue 44. That's the end of the Zeddy Hunt arc. That is the end of all of our comics today. Surprisingly, even though as much simple as everything was framed, there really was a lot to go through. There is a lot to dig into. So, okay. This arc is a tale of two halves. On one side, we have the Deadly Six plotline. It literally goes nowhere. It is a plot hole thread that needs to be solved. There is some light development and interesting stuff that goes on with them and nothing else. There is very little to work with. Ian still manages to wring what little character he can out, but this is the problem with the Deadly Six. There is not enough character development to carry them and make them interesting. They are not compelling as villains, and they are not interesting in most regards. In the scenario of bad guys, yes, there was some interesting character development to carry them because Zavok was removed from the pack. But the problem is that they don't work together. They're 
too uninteresting as a group to really carry as villain. Yeah, I mean, we got good work with Zavok, even in this scenario, and Zik as well, considering his backstory is that he was once the leader of the Deadly Six, and Zavok was his uh, his trainee, I guess you want to put it like that, so there was the most to mine out of those two, but unfortunately for the rest of the four, not much else. Yeah, it was, it was nothing. It was a nothing burger. And it really sucks. On the other hand, however, I guess you can call it all eight comics if you really want to talk about it. Bell stuff. Damn, really good. <laughs> no, yeah. I think what makes Bell interesting is that, you know, obviously it's very clear that she's in creation of Eggman, but the way that they sort of eulogize the idea that like Bell was like Mr. Tinker's like really like pride and joy, like almost like a fucking daughter, and then having that dad ripped away from her, it really gets there, you know? That's interesting. I'm especially interested in that regard moving forward in the franchise, just in general. Maybe, I don't know if we're going to get to that point ever at all, but like considering IDW is canon, what if Sage and Bell were to ever meet? What would that look like? It'd be very interesting. The Sonic stuff in these issues, uh, there are some very, very good Sonic moments here. Big fan of his uh, pissed off run after all that stuff happens. Uh, big fan of his little talk with Zavok. Um, so just some good stuff from him overall this time around. Uh, some good Tail stuff in here, good Amy stuff, uh, good Tangle stuff here. There's a lot of decent character development, but ultimately I think this is something that, you know, on an individual basis it works within the comics, but as arcs these two arcs are n more so the first arc is kind of a it's okay it's good right but this arc is again it's very much two sides when it's focusing on bell and starline and all the associated stuff with it it's really good right the deadly six not so much it, it was a cleanup arc effectively and you know there's nothing wrong with that you got to do what you got to do to clean everything up but yeah there wasn't really that much to be mined there again if we did have the scene that i mentioned of like Zavok showing like that kinship and respect to Sonic of saying, I recognize you as a warrior. I recognize you as a legitimate threat. Maybe not even necessarily legitimate threat, more so you are my equal. You are my equal, Sonic the Hedgehog. And for that, should you ever decide, come to the Lost Hex, you will be welcome there. That I think is a very interesting angle that could have been taking. And hey, you know, maybe, God forbid, <laughs> God forbid at this point, if the Deadly Six ever were to come back, I think that would be a really interesting angle to take it on. But as things stand right now, very simplistic. Before we close out today, I do have one final note and I do like to bring it up. We did bring up the alt covers and their issue 44 is one of the alt covers is one that breaks and warms my heart very sincerely. Uh, Mr. Tinkerer and Belle, they're doing a little daughter father piggyback ride and it's uh, it's adorable, but it's very sad at the same time. It's like a picture that like Belle could carry with her. You know? And I think that's that's the intent. So that's it. That is our comics for today. So I guess the question is, so Starline got that emotional response out of Bell. What does that lead to? Yeah, and oh, he said he's got a lot of beautiful, replicable code and can easily be applied to them. Who is them? What could this mean? Starline has been cooking. My man is planning a gourmet meal. And what will that meal be? Well, I, well, I can tell you, um, it is one of the most interesting things this comic has done. Honestly, perhaps this whole, like, franchise has done in terms of, like, characterizing Sonic and his ideology. 
Yes, and also tackling a very unique issue, very interesting way. Let's let's say that. But we will save that for next time. Before we fully send out, gotta give another another Patreon shout out. We got a new patron joining us, Jacob, joining us at fifteen dollars a month. Welcome, Ooh. my man. Welcome. Ooh. Ooh. Fifteen dollars a month. Look at you. You, you, you're balling out for us. We appreciate it, Jacob. Thank you. Patreon.com Sonic Speed. If you want to join Jacob among our other patrons, get bonus content. You get episodes early, all for two, five, or $15 a month, whatever you're so pleased. Any donation, any joining is always appreciated, and you get something in return. So, hey, thank you all so very much for joining us on this ride. We'll see you next time with another episode of the IDW Sonic Rundown, folks. See you. He's got his Sonic's faces. I'll tell you that if that is Dr. Eggman with his evil empire and evil plans. Eggman wants to conquer the world, but the hedgehog won't let that go. Whenever Sonic's anger explodes, his enemies will meet the fury of his aggression. And that will change anyone's perceptions about him. Superhero, but she's his self-proclaimed girlfriend He cannot escape her But he will always save her Whenever something is up Some kind of danger And the story goes on It's always super fun Yeah.